Hello and welcome to Plattress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we'll be reviewing Not the Duke's Darling by Elizabeth Hoyt. So this is Elizabeth Hoyt's latest release. This came out in 2018 and we are expecting a new one in the series in December 2019. And so this is the first book in the Grey Court series. Yeah. So let's let's dive right in. I didn't realize this was Elizabeth Hoyt. Oh That's yeah. That's my first instinct is I I get these on Kindle, as we've discussed, and so I'm not like looking at the author's name and thinking about it. Meg just says, read this one, and I download it. And now you're like, oh, I get it. And now I'm like, oh, this, I should have seen it coming. <laughs> I now realize that I missed a lot. Okay. Okay. Book jacket. Freya de Moray is many things, a member of the secret order of wise women, the doctor of... <laughs> She's a doctor, for sure. I'm starting over. Freya de Moray is many things, a member of the secret order of wise women, the daughter of disgraced nobility, and a chaperone living under an assumed name. What she is not is forgiving. So when the Duke of Harlow, the man who destroyed her brother and led to the downfall of her family, appears at the country house party she's attending, she does what any wise woman would do. She starts planning her revenge. Christopher Renshaw, the Duke of Harlow, is being blackmailed. Intent on keeping his secrets safe, he agrees to attend a house party where he will put an end to this coercion once and for all. Until he recognizes Freya, masquerading amongst the party revelers, and realizes his troubles have just begun. Freya knows all about his sins, sins he'd much rather forget. But she's also fiery, bold, and sensuous, a temptation he can't resist. When it becomes clear Freya is in grave danger, he'll risk everything to keep her safe. But first, Harlow will have to earn Freya's trust by whatever means necessary. This is a whacked out book jacket lane. This, I'm gonna like preface my opinion on this book. I read it not very long ago. I will remember it as I read my own notes aloud to you guys. I have already forgotten most of it, and I don't know how, because this plot's insane. This plot is wacko. Absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's fully wacko, and yet somehow forgettable. Yeah. So, but, but speaking of the plot, like, there is, there are a lot of inaccuracies in this less than 200 word yeah. jacket. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Freya knows all about his sins. Not really. No. Since he'd much rather forget, uh, I guess, yeah. she, he'll risk everything to keep her safe. Uh, I mean, this is like, honestly, if we had romance novel jacket Mad Libs, he'll risk everything to keep her safe. Like, there's no content here. No. All right. So I think what we need to do in a slight deviation from our usual is give our three word summaries, but then just actually summarize the novel. Okay. Let's do it because we'll try to keep it spoiler free, but like this jacket gives you nothing. No. And, and because we only have three words to work with for our summary this week or this episode, they're not going to help much either. Yeah. So, um, as Meg mentioned three words. So my three word summary is spying isn't botany. Here's my three word summary. Men are trash. I love that so much. <laughs> but it's like, so yep. fits, does it? Does yeah, it, it does. So before we get into tropes and whatnot, here's what's going down. Freya is a daughter of a duke. A duke. Scottish, Scottish duke. Never do that again. <laughs> um, so she's the daughter of a Scottish duke. And however, her aunt, who upon the tragic demise of her parents, raised her is a wise woman and it, this is it, like this is this fyi guys 
This is capitalized. Yeah. Wise woman. It's like a secret order of all female assassin commune who need no men. I mean, they're basically witches, but who and don't like, do magic. You would think I'd be real into this if you know me personally, and it's a real shame I wasn't. Because, like, I'm sorry, secret order of witches? Like, I'm in. I'm yeah. joining. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, no, it kind of, it's kind of lame. So, it's, and the, the problem with it, too, is it's just not explained well enough. No, that's that's a big part of it. Is like I'm discussing these broad concepts as if there's more to the text and there's really not. There's really not. So her parents are, you know, tragic, whatever. Her brother, who was heir to the dukedom. And is now the duke. And is now the duke, but is an invalid. He was basically what happened. <laughs> oh my god, this is so weird, guys. Okay, so what happened? He was betrayed by a friend. Yeah, he Christopher so Christopher Renshaw, the Christopher Duke Renshaw the Duke witnessed it yeah, and right. didn't intervene. Yeah, so basically her brother was beaten, like literally almost to death. He lost a hand. Over a woman. Oh, uh, yes. So, and it all has to do with this like social circle that they grew up in. So Freya basically blames the whole social circle for what happened, yeah. not quite knowing exactly who was responsible. So that's conflict A. <laughs> Freya, conflict and, conflict, uh, Freya and Christopher know each other from their youth. Freya views Christopher as one of the people complicit in her brother's maiming. maiming. Yeah. But the wise women is are also part of the being targeted by Parliament? Parliament? No, but they're not but they're really gonna sure. they're gonna so there's gonna there's there are rumors that there's going to be a new witch act passed and then witches but will that's be targeting the, the wise women. It's targeting the wise women. But there's also like beyond this group the... called the Dunkelders. Oh my god. It is the Dunkelders. I'm not gonna try to say that with a Scottish accent, but imagine it with a Scottish accent, guys. <laughs> I think it would start with Dunk. Du, du, dunk Elders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, basically, that's what's going down. Is Christopher knows Freya fell out of his life. He feels really guilty for what happened to her yeah. brother. And he's sort of become your typical hardo aristocrat. Yeah. But he has, I mean, he has got some tragic shit that happened to him, he's too. He's also got a sad, tragic backstory. And to top it all off, at this house party where they're both being blackmailed he's being blackmailed into attendance and she's trying to spy to find out who's targeting the wise woman because oh she's the wise woman's spy yeah, that's she's her occupation the, the, the matcha matcha she's masquerading as a domestic worker yes to perform her duties as matcha at this house party is also someone else who knew both her and Christopher's children yeah is that a convoluted enough for you yet yeah, but and then there's there's even more because oh god, there's even more because her the Melis Melisande, I not the think. red woman from Game of Thrones. No, anyway, their their other friend who happens to be the sister of the other dude who helped beat Freya's brother <laughs> is there at the house party, and she was friends with. Another woman, so she, she is friends with the wife of the man who is sponsoring the Witch Act in Parliament. Yes. Who died last year. Yes. And they would like to find out whether there's some kind of scandal involved with her death. Right, so there's a missing, think of Shelley Miscavige in Scientology. 
Yeah, for those of you who know this, like there's a missing woman. Although he said she's dead, he said she's dead, but no one saw a body. There was no one. No one went to the burial. Like something's up, and they're trying to figure out what happened to her and why he's sponsoring this act. Okay, so enough subplots for you there. Oh my god. There are a lot. And of course, this is being used. So this is an Elizabeth Hoyt. So she's using this to set up the whole series, which means we have a lot of scenes from other characters, other characters' perspectives. Although I will I God, she she gets me every time. I am looking forward to that next series. I want to see. I want to read that new book. I'm not, so we at least have some diversity of opinion on this one. So tropes, as you can tell from this goddamn summary. So we've got friends to enemies to lovers. But it's all based on understand misunderstandings. Of youth. Of Youthful youth. misunderstanding. Um several people were falsely implicated in her brother's yeah. situation. Yes. Um, he keeps her brother's ring. Yes, which she, which really pisses her off. Also, like, her brother's not dead. Right. Why did he take the ring? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, this is one part of the book. I don't want to say that I understood, but I didn't think it was that wacko, is that they were all very, very young. Sure, but, like, give it back to him. He's well, not dead. Yes, but then he had, I mean, this, so Christopher, the, the hero of this novel, Use that loosely. Was immediately following the scandal. So this scandal affected all three of the families. And then Christopher was immediately married off to someone else and then sent to India. So he didn't have time to to give back the ring. Oh, man, I forgot about his sad wife. (laughs) Oh, don't forget about that. There's a lot. If I recall correctly, spoiler alert, sad, severely mentally delayed yeah wife okay yeah, yeah this is <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot this is a real this is a true elizabeth hoyt <laughs> god i did not enjoy it okay <laughs> um and i mean yes there is a society of badass women as we have already talked about why isn't that the focus would be nice i don't know enough about the badass women all right i i don't know if i can say this word again but we've we've, we've touched on this what in the world is a Dunkelder. I have no idea. There, all we know is that they're a secret society of anti witches against the wise women. That's all we know. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I when I first read this book, I found it pretty forgettable. Like Lane, I hated it. There were. <laughs> So I generally like Elizabeth Hoyt. I know Lane does not. It's too much angst. There's guys. a lot of angst. Again, for me, what makes it palatable is that the angst usually comes from outside of the relationship. And but there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of it. And I get like I get it, but I also like it. So that said, when I first read this book, because I read it right when it came out, I read all of Elizabeth Hoyt's books. Came out and I, I did find it forgettable. Uh, even though there's all this wacky stuff that happened in it. It's, it's just like you can't follow what's happening, so you yeah. sort of check out. I will say... And look, we haven't even gotten into her like employer and charges are characters. Like, yeah. there's so many it's people. True. I will say that I reread it in preparation for the podcast because it did come out almost a full year ago and I read it right when it came out so mm-hmm. it had been a while and I reread it and I will say that uh, upon second reading there were a lot of things I really appreciated about it okay so for example there the whole premise of the book to start with is that it, they have this shared past and she is 
pissed at him and wants to get revenge. Yes, and it was a little bit eye-rolly, but I really enjoyed the first scene that puts them together. Yes. So the book opens to breakneck action and mm -hmm. total happenstance, but it's a really good opening. It's a great opening. It's really good. So it opens and she's on the run. On the run. She's ki she's basically kidnapping a child from his guardian to take back to his mother. Right. And she's about to get trapped by these minions and she just bursts in on this carriage, carriage where Christopher is seated. And he saves her, you know, mm -hmm. from the minions. But he doesn't recognize her and she immediately recognizes him. And immediately recognizes her brother's ring. Yes. So she's like, this this fucking guy, if he thinks he's going to get away with this, he is wrong. So she immediately starts putting together a plot to, to get the ring back. Yes. So it was really fun. It's a good, I think it's a great opening. It's my really good. Problem with this one in particular is I think I like the premise more than the execution this is true. and the disappointment. Yeah. Feels strong. It's, it's fair. It's totally fair. Cause th th that's the thing. There are a lot of things that, that we generally would really like and that, that don't deliver. Yes. So they go to this house party mm -hmm. and the whole time, so he does not recognize her. He just doesn't recognize her. And she is just a major bitch to him. Just like so mean. Yes. And I just kind of loved it. Like I really liked it because it, this is like a true hate attraction. Okay. And I thought it was well done because she intellectually is like, I hate this man. But it's this like passionate hate that also turns into desire. Well, and you get the impression she like had it bad for him as kids. Oh, yeah. She had a major crush on him when they were kids. And so like she can't fully hate him now. And yet I think she does do a good job of hating him. Yes. Because anyway, I, I thought that Hoyt did a really good job of portraying this character who truly really had and had a good reason to hate this other person and yet just couldn't not be attracted to them. And I think she had trouble reconciling the kid she knew with the behavior she thought she knew happened. Yes. Which is legit. Like, I thought that was well portrayed. I'll give you that. All right, fine. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So, <laughs> what can I say? So I liked it. Um, the duel. <gasps> That was fun. That's so great, right? Yeah, it was. She challenges him to a duel. Of course, he still has no idea why at this point. Yes. But He's just like, this random servant lady is challenging me to a duel over this ring. And at this point, she has gone to his room, tried to drug him <laughs> yep. within his, in his brandy, which he didn't drink, uh, made out with him mm -hmm. only to bite him so hard that his lip starts bleeding, <laughs> still stolen his ring, and then challenged him to a duel. Yes. And the duel is amazing. She almost kills him. Yes. And then she real he that's when he realizes who it is. Yes. And and the, another thing I liked about this, so the whole premise of the book is this conflict that is, yes, based a little bit on a big misunderstanding, although it's not I don't know if you can call it a big misunderstanding, because it's not just a, a letter that someone wrote and she misread. Right, like her brother is maimed. <laughs> like, right. There is an actual right. problem. But he explains what happened and basically she's like, okay, I can't, obviously can no longer hold this grudge against you. Right. So I liked that it was cleared up pretty quickly. 
yeah, she was so clearly defined by the trauma of her past. And then when confronted with the people from it, she was sort of like, shit, this has been the cross I've borne for too long, yeah. necessarily. So, like, I'm glad that that didn't linger over the book. Yeah. And well, and I think that she had to look at her, look at your life, look at your choices, and be like, okay, maybe I've let this event define my life for too long. Yes. So that... Like, that wasn't the part that I didn't like. It's I, I how know. much of it makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, when I first read this book, I felt a little eh. Uh, on the second read, it really grew on me. And uh, this could be just because I could ignore the parts that I didn't want to read. That's easier on the second go-around. Right? So, I would. I knew I didn't have to pay much attention to the dunk elders. And the wise women. And the wise women. I could just ignore that part because I didn't need to. Um, I will say that he really grew on me as a hero. Okay. I've completely forgotten everything about him. Okay. So listen, we're going back to Rupert Carsington here. I just read a review where Rupert Carsington was called a beta hero. What? Yes. Rupert Carsington from Mr. Impossible, you guys. (laughs) Right? He's so not beta. Apparently, if you're alpha, you can't let a woman order you around. I think it's like the most alpha thing you can do. I'm confused. Yeah. About, wait. I don't don't think I understand what alpha and beta mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I think that, okay, so I guess alpha means, like, you are the one who calls the shots all the time. But, like, if you're truly a true alpha, wouldn't you be able to, like, take other people's advice now and then? I don't know. Anyway, I guess that... Christopher or Kester, which sounds horrible in an American accent, by the way, Kester. Kester. But I think in British, it's like not too bad. Kester. All right. You know, it's like a little better. A little better. But yeah, reading Kester, I'm like, yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to call him Christopher. Yeah. Anyway. So I guess he would sort of be like a beta hero if you looked at it that way, because basically he takes all of Freya's shit. And yeah. And it's like, you know, she has reasons. <laughs> and he's, he doesn't, he never has to, like, be dominating or, like, teach her a lesson. But he also, like, especially once he knows who she is, is, like, racked with guilt. Because he does feel somewhat responsible for what happened to her brother and feels like some of her anger in him is justified. Yes. Uh, but, so something I really liked about this book, again, this is the second time around. I, this did not strike me the first time around. The second, and I'm not telling you you have to read this book twice, but I am saying that I won't it, be. it does improve upon second reading. It, basically, it's that he takes on, it, so, okay, maybe he is a beta hero, whatever, I don't know. But he takes on the traditionally feminine role in a romance novel. He is the one who says he loves her first. He is the one who is really upset because she won't admit that she needs him. Well, and she's the spy committed to a cause that she's doesn't enable her to get to married or has feelings or whatever. Exactly. And he proposes marriage. And when she says no, or actually what, what, what she says is, I have to think about it. He accepts that. He accepts her decision. And he's like, I'm not going to hang around here to basically feel bad every time I see you not choosing me. So yeah. I'm going to go home. I'm going to let you think about it. And if you want to be with me, you'll come be with me. And if not, I'll be sad for the rest of my life. Not to be overdramatic. But look, this is totally Christopher. Yeah, it is. So I, I think I appreciated him more the second time around. Okay. That I can is see, what I, I can say. see that. So, yeah. And... 
yeah, so many, so many things make the big stumbling block of the of a romance novel the fact that he won't say I love you. And that is not the case here. That's sure. not the case. I'll give here. you that. I mean, what is the case? If they get married, he will own her like she is a slave. He will own all of her money, all of her possessions. Nothing she does will be hers anymore. And that's the way the law worked back then. And right. it's, I think, also doubly ingrained in her now that she's embraced the society of the wise women. Right. So basically, Maybe. she's got to decide. And again, this is something I like, too, because a lot of times I'm like, oh, my God, this super rich dude wants you to marry him. Oh, no. How sad. But I'm like, oh, actually. She's a badass buy for a women's commune that I wish I knew more about. She's got way more choices in her life than, than yeah. marriage. And the fact that she does choose him then at the end, spoiler alert, they end up together. <laughs> We're so good at this. Right? Is makes their love story to me more compelling. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I guess it's not the bones of their love story that I didn't like. It's everything, everything else. <laughs> and there's just a lot else, you guys. There's, there's that, I will agree. There's a lot of other stuff in there. And book. there's, because this is Elizabeth Hoist, angst and violence. Angst and violence. There's also a dog, which we both liked. Yeah, the dog was fine. The dog was fine. Yeah, really likes the dog. Um, oh, and can I finally just say, look, if you're going to have a really cool, badass society of women, don't call it the wise women. That was really stupid. Oh, my God. I just hated it. I just absolutely hated the fact that they were, you know. So they, they go and she's like, I have to tell you something, Christopher. I am a wise woman. <laughs> I was like, okay, can you? Look, the Dunkelders had this cool evil name can't you have like a cool well, like how does no one know that wise women or dunk elders exist or that like yeah i don't know i just all of that secondary plot needed to be thrown out the window it was tough it was um so as i mentioned the shelly miscavige character yeah seriously abused you guys seriously abused. so guys a big major trigger warning for spousal abuse and imprisonment and yes. starvation. Yeah. And beating. Fake death. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah, a lot a lot of stuff. It's pretty violent too. He he gets real violent with the blackmailer. Yep. Which again, here's the thing. I, I normally don't love this violent stuff in the book, but that that pretty bugged me. I was it, like, Yeah, punch the shit out of that dude. The, the one who imprisoned his wife for a year and yeah. faked her death. Yeah. Oh my god. Do it. Um as I mentioned, his wife was not of an adult mind. Yeah, so he was married uh, in an arranged marriage to a woman who had an intellectual disability. He, there were, so here's the thing. I thought that it was not poorly done. I did think that the entire relationship, the entire fact that she had an intellectual disability was there to shed light on him as a character. It was. So basically, when he realized she was not of age mentally, mm -hmm. he made the decision that they weren't sleeping together. Yeah. And then a lot of the lies that he's allowed to be spread about his marriage were ultimately to protect her. Because she then did, did then die. Yes, she did so then she, die, and he feels responsible for the manner of her death. So he's doing what he can to preserve her reputation. And that includes not revealing her lacking traits. Yes. Uh, so again, on first read, I was like, 
okay this is a, it's a lot of tragedy even what? for even for my tragedy porn queen oh, Elizabeth boy. Hoyt. there's just so many layers of sad um again on second read i i think she needed to cut some stuff because hundred yes, yeah. percent may i suggest beginning with the wise women and the dunk elders yeah because on second read um, I really thought that this whole previous relationship of his also explained why he would fall for someone like Freya. Yeah. Who is absolutely her own woman, who makes all of her own decisions, who chooses when she's going to sleep with him, when she's not going to sleep with him, what they're going to do in bed. Like, she makes these decisions, and she doesn't have to depend on him. So, no, of course he would fall in love with someone like that. Again, this is second read, guys, not first read. Second read, I was like, oh, this actually makes so much more sense to me. All right. But again, I'm not saying you should have to read it again. Once again, I won't be. Yeah. Um, th and maybe this is, because we're going to move into sexiness now, this might be what's driving my bitterness. Yes. Is in addition to it just having too much filler and being too angsty for me, the porn was not up to her usual It's standard. so true. Look, Hoyt, whatever you say about her other books, usually her sex scenes are real hot. I have said this. We are on record with me not defending the book, but being like, but read it for the porn. Yeah. And it's not, it is not there in this one. I cannot defend uh, hardly, can't defend hardly any of these scenes. <laughs> There's just not enough description. And it, well, we're talking about Elizabeth Hoyt. And there was quantity. Yeah. But they were short. Yeah. And even when they were longer, they seemed very matter of fact. Yeah, like, okay, their first their first hookup, she doesn't even take off her dress. Yeah. I was very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a real feeling that you had. Yeah. Anyway, and then, then the other thing was, too, again, yeah, there were lots of these scenes, but some of them were just kind of, to, to me, the acts that were described were not sexy. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's part of the issue, too. It just, it didn't get innovative or evocative in the way I needed it to. Right. So that fact that I was bored to tears by Dunk Elders wasn't really right. made up before. You weren't like, I'm going to get through the Dunk Elders to get to the sex. Once you did get, because when you read Elizabeth White, you get to 50% and then you're like, all right, I'm going to get to the sex. No, it was there, but it just wasn't. Especially when you've got such a vocal heroine who's yes. so willing to talk about who she wants to be and what she wants to do. Yes. She was really conflicted, and then there wasn't as much vocalization. I don't know. It just... I'm going to forget I read this. Yeah. And that might be the nicest thing I can say about yeah. it. I mean, honestly, if I hadn't read it a second time, I think that I would feel exactly the same way. Like, yeah. very similar. I don't know if it will improve upon second read for anyone else i don't know if you want to spend three hours of your life rereading something to maybe get something better out of it also i will say this the gray court series makes it sound like this is going to be about her family that's not she's not a gray court that's melisandra but it's the people who are like wrapped up in this tragedy yeah. yes and so i am going to be interested to see if her handless brother <laughs> gets a book oh, i know he will <laughs> I'm He's sorry, probably going to end up with Melisandre. <laughs> no, I know who's going to end up with Melisandre. I'm like so excited. Uh, look, she does this. She she makes me want to read these books, even though it might be just like this one. Who is ending up with Melisandre? The guy, her uncle, the Duke, hired to deal with her. 
Oh. Yes, with the devilish eyebrows, who she, you would like this, who she had a sort of erotic dream about, erotic hate dream. All right, I maybe, it, maybe we'll read the second one. See, look, I knew when I mentioned the erotic hate dream, you would be like, I actually, hate how predictable I am. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that would be great. And we will talk to you next time.